Hello, welcome to This Week in Japan. I'm the Gaijin John. I'm the Geek Tom. And together we are Geeks and Gaijins, and we bring you all the local news and lack of kangaroos from Japan. Indeed. If it's famous for anything, Japan has no kangaroos. I'll be quiet now. Make a very short podcast, but still. So what have you got for us this week, John? This week on your regular dose of Japan, we have Deer, Raccoons, Copyright and Pokemon Crime, Online Festivals, and Japan's Rampant Problem with Sexism, now with Olympic Flavour. Mmm, my favourite flavour. Tastes of corruption. Tastes of not happening. Fantastic. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, and tastes of non-existence. But yes, so first of all, we start off with Cute Corner, because our joy, we need something to brighten us up before we go and dig into the swamp. Ooh, that smells swampy. Well, first of all, Thomas, stop feeding the deer. I thought they liked the cake I was making them. Nope, nope, they do not. Aww. Apparently it makes their tummies itchy. a lot of time and effort into that cake. Poured my heart and soul into it. Or the Nara Prefectural Board throw it on the ground. <laughs> Which is probably really okay. bad, because then the deer will eat it off the they ground. They will just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> the deer don't care. Success. <laughs> the deer's not going to go, oh, no, there's no fine china. Can't have anything to eat here. So these aren't just any random deer. These are Shika deer, or the holy deer of the city of Nara, who are very... Notoriously fussy eaters, obviously. No, th- actually, this is the opposite. They are notoriously just will eat anything. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you absolute gluttons. What you can do when you visit Nara is buy special rice crackers for the deer and feed them, uh, which are just rice crackers. So they've got nothing bad in them for the deer and they have almost no calories. So the deers just go nom, 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 nom. Apparently, some deers have been known to eat up to 200 crackers a day. Hungry, hungry deer. I'm just thinking those are, those are rookie numbers. Got to pump up those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, because of the, let's say, drop in tourism, despite the Japanese government's best effort, the, there's been less tourists to give the deer their rice cakes. And so... Maybe you might have heard a couple of months ago when we were saying that, ah, a couple of the deer were seen, like, wandering around where the deers usually don't because they usually stick to, like, their big parks because why not? It's food, it's sunshine, I'm lazy. But now they were, like, going into stations and going, like, hey, you. Hey, listen. You got food? You got food? (laughs) Apparently the citizens of Nara were feeling slightly pressured by these deer or maybe they just wanted to give them stuff uh because they've started just feeding them leftovers being like oh i'm scared the deer won't be getting enough food so apparently many have been giving them popcorn vegetable waste and other foods that's just a healthy diet there that's the entire food triangle sorted yeah, basically, the, the government is saying that, oh, people mistakenly believe that the Nara deer were starving. I don't think the deer are helping this themselves. <laughs> <laughs> They're just the picture of Patrick going, you took all my food, now I'm going to starve. <laughs> ah, so, so they're cats. They're just really big cats is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Because they are fed. They're fed on the regular. The crackers were just extra. They're worried that one, that these items will harm the deer's health, and two, that they will Mm. lead to food crop damage if the animals get a taste for vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) No, we just got Curse of the Were-Rabbit, but it's sacred deer. And you can't do anything, because the sacred deer. What are you going to do? (laughs) can't do anything sacred deer but no apparently february is the month of stop giving the deer food and it is a campaign due to last all of february so uh yeah and an official said if you love deer we'd like you to stop doing things that have negative effects on them so just imagine a guy like riding a deer 
which is surprising because these ones are like really small, just going, what? I'm harming the deer. I had no clue. <laughs> Don't worry. They're just having fun. I'm, I'm, they, they're enjoying this as much as I am. Come on. We're all, we're all having a good laugh here. This is a note from Geeks and Guidance Legal Department. Do not ride the deer, no matter how earnestly it asks you. Do not ride the deer, please. Other animals are appearing where they shouldn't do, and that is raccoons. Notably, raccoons are not native to Japan. The story of raccoons in Japan is a short and hilarious one. Uh, people thought they'd be cute as pets, so they imported them from the US. Turns out that big bitey things ain't good pets. Yeah, raccoons aren't the best of pets. There's a reason why we don't have lots of raccoon pets. This is not a raccoon dog, by the way. This is not the tanuki with magical balls. No, this is literally, this is literally just actual raccoons. It's sorry, it's even worse than I said. Basically, there Ooh. was one animation that became quite popular in 1977 called Raccoon Rascal. And then people went, oh, that looks cute. So then, uh, so then over the following year, after Raccoon Rascal aired, or Adaiguma Raskaru, Adaiguma is the Japanese word for the normal raccoon. Um, mm. The year after that aired, upwards of 2,000 raccoons were imported to Japan annually. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's like Bugs Bunny, only with an animal that actually cannot be tamed. <laughs> It'd be like watching Danger Mouse and suddenly going, you know what I want? Like a thousand white mice. <laughs> Osaka, because it's one of the coronavirus hotspots, still has quite a lot of, um, not illegal curfew, but shutting down the different um, businesses and stuff at different times. So they're just, they're just coming around, hopping around. It's a bit like when we saw a fox right in front of number 10 Downing Street. <gasps> Goodness me. What has the world come to? <laughs> Back in my day, we used to have horses and dogs for that sort of problem, but you can't be doing that no more, apart from the fact you can. Yeah. I bet Johnson was just itching for a chance to go out in his, his stirrups and his boots and just have a good old fox tear up. But he couldn't because he's yep. too busy doing something, I'm sure. Probably the maid. But no, that is that is generally cute corner. One, massive invasive species problem. And two, overweight deer. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have an invasive species, it might as well be raccoons. Uh, that's not a massive issue. Ah, Thomas, depends if you're... What do raccoons eat? <laughs> Thomas, depends if you're a raccoon snack. <laughs> Very specific kind of snack. That does seem oddly specific. When is that coming up on the snack break, John? Uh, not right now. Though those rice crackers you give the deer, you can buy, like, human version ones. <laughs> hold on is there different dietary requirements for deer and humans which means you can't eat the deer crackers or no i i i, I think they just add sugar so they're like palatable fair enough yeah shout out to my old professor rory who went to japan for a history conference and then just came back with snacks for the whole seminar it's just like oh that, that's the right way to do it and he's just like, yeah, I'm feeding you deer treats. We're like, cool. <laughs> Not sure what this has to do with medieval London, but I'm, we're getting <laughs> snacks. As well as medieval London, here is another core of scum and villainy. And that is a man who has been selling Pokemon. Prepare for trouble. Make it double. He is the Team Rocket of team our Rocket? time. Yes. Japan has officially caught Team Rocket. <gasps> I don't have the Team Rocket motto prepared for this segment. I didn't realise that was going to come up. I had it prepared like three weeks ago, but we never used it. Meowth, that's right. These humans are my pets. I train them, but they're pretty stupid. So it turns out Team Rocket is one 23-year-old dude from Nagoya. That does sound about right, yeah. Yeah. That... <laughs> I mean, that's no, Team Skull. Sorry. 
Yes, yeah. So basically, this this man is a Nintendo Switch hacker who modified his Ooh. Switch, uh, which let him connect it to the PC and then alter game data. And what he did was he started selling designer Pokemon for use in Sword and Shield. So customers could pick the Pokemon's colors and stats and, like, change their abilities and moves. Basically, he was genetically modifying Pokemon. (laughs) And you're wondering, like, how much money could this man realistically make off this? These are, like... Who One, who would pay for this? And two, what is the purpose of paying for this? Well, he offered his services online on websites that exist where people pay real world money for not real things like love. And often... (laughs) Christ, that was dark. Christ, John. Jesus. (laughs) Oof. Big oof. We need to get you to the snack bank quickly. Your blood sugar is clearly dropping. Yeah. And so for per Pokemon, he'd charge you about 500 yen. So that's $5 per Pokemon. That's not cheap. Mm. It's more the amount he was able to sell. Because since starting doing this, I think last year, uh, he managed to sell over a million yens worth of Pokemon. Or that's just over $11,000. Which is not to be sniffed at, though he was arrested on Thursday for violation of Japan's unfair competition prevention law. I I assume it's just a weird way to say, like, protective and copyright law. The specific incident he was arrested for was the sale of six Pokemon to a 36-year-old man in Kyoto. People might be wondering, like, what the issue is here, like, let people do what they want. I think the main problem for this kind of stuff... I'm not into, like, competitive Pokemon stuff. But I assume there might be competitive, like, Pokemon battles where, like, people would buy, like, perfectly IV'd Pokemons. IVs are invisible stats. Don't try and... I'm not going to try and explain it. It'll make my head explode. But, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. I don't don't mess with the competitive scene of Pokemon. That's completely beyond me. In layman's terms, basically this guy could give someone the Usain Bolt of Pokemons and they might not be able to tell. The real problem was that with this technology, he was able to give Charizard a dragon typing and Nintendo could not allow that to happen. But but that already happened. It was his mega revolution, wasn't it? Only Nintendo is allowed to make Charizard a dragon type. You're not allowed to do it. But you know who is allowed to flout copyright law, Thomas? I mean, depends how much money they have, really. Well, a lot, because they're Japanese politicians. <gasps> Say it isn't so. Yes. These are two members of Nippon Ishin no Kai. Uh, they're basically a part of the political party that controls Osaka at the moment. They're all a bit weird. Um, but yeah, so two city councilmen there were trying to get elected or re-elected, and they basically made their posters look like Demon Slayer stuff, uh, including with Tanjiro's, like, green check pattern. And people are like, oh, I don't know whether they can really take legal action or not, because you can't copyright a pattern, and you can't do this. The main <laughs> issue is the combination of the pattern. It's like, but at what point does it become copyright? Or Because what they've taken is the pattern... The font, the same font type for Kimetsu no Yaiba, the, like, spinning Mm. logo to put that font in, and also the tagline for the movie Mugen Train. Ah, well, I feel like that is absolutely taking the mic at that point. Like, I understand that it's almost too good an opportunity to pass up, associating yourself with Demon Slayer because literally everyone in Japan knows about Demon Slayer. Maybe not literally, but basically everyone in Japan knows about Demon Slayer. It is so overwhelmingly massive that you're like, hold on, maybe we can use this to our advantage. But yeah, I think at the point where you're ripping off the logo as well. (laughs) Yeah. The thing is, their their political colour is green so 
there's like people saying, well, you can't argue against them using green. And it seems like people are saying there's not an awful lot that people can do about it because it's not a commercial product. And I'm just sitting here going like, I know I'm not super for like huge amounts of copyright law, but this is ridiculously obvious. Like... I'm just imagining what the equivalent would be like in the UK. It'd be like a major party using James Bond to help advertise their campaign <laughs> or something like that. It's just, uh, it's absolutely It does feel insane. like one rule for me, the other for thee. Like, not that I'm super behind huge corporations being able to mess with everything, but there's just, there's a point where it's like, ah, this seems wrong. Regardless, now on to food, because... Yeah, but yes, they please don't... distract me from these red hot flames behind these absolute white bread facial expressions. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like, to be honest, it's about the same. I will say, also, these posters are terrible. They are absolutely <laughs> terrible. Like, regardless of not of whether they're copyrighted, these are awful. <laughs> <laughs> they should take them down just because they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> Japan does political posters all the time, and I've never seen them not look terrible. Like, they're just... Oh, God. They're just... I feel sorry for the people who put effort into, like, getting that font to look good and everything. Oh, my God. Regardless, snack break and festival time and a quick festival announcement for you all... Sitting at Ooh. home, if you got nothing to do... Uh, that is us, in fact, yes. <laughs> that is everyone. The famous Sapporo Snow Festival is now online, and you can watch Ooh. free videos and be toured around uh, the snow festival all online. What exactly takes place at the snow festival, John? So, loads of... The biggest... Its biggest attraction are loads of massive statues made of snow. Ooh. So you can go around and see, like, they basically carve it out of snow. It's huge. And it's probably one of the main reasons that people go to Sapporo. And you can find it all on their website, well, all on YouTube at the moment. They're starting to put stuff up, and it will be around until the 28th of February. So it's, like, limited time only. Well, obviously the snow will melt at some point. All these events are... In theory, limited time events. And also, if you're waiting for more snow, which I know that the UK is getting a lot of at the moment, uh, there are even video there are even video tutorials of how to build mini sculptures and snow slides outside. Hmm. Ah, oh, that's very helpful. Yeah. As well as that, we have I have this week's snack break, which is Hina Adade. Now, we did talk about last year, we talked about the girls' festival, which is the beginning of March, called Hina Matsure, or Hina hey. Matsure, which is very nice. And we didn't talk about one of the foods you eat at Hina Matsure, which are flooding the stores at the moment and have lots of cute mascot characters. I chose the one with Hello Kitty on it. It's a familiar face, at the very least. Yeah, it's not just Hello Kitty, it's it's Kitty-chan and I assume Kitty-kun. I assume he has an actual name. But yes, uh, San, I, I don't know the full Sanrio law. I'm so sorry, all my, <laughs> I'm so sorry, all my students. Sanrio stuff is so popular here that there was a promotion that if you bought stock in Sanrio, you would get like limited edition like Sanrio like merchandise. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Hey, kids. Bug your parents to buy stock. Because we all know that buying stock is a good investment and nothing could possibly go wrong. Just becomes like GameStop's new promotion. <laughs> like, buy some stock, get a free used copy of Age of Empires 2. I'm going to imagine they're going to go for the, uh, oh, what are they called now? Funko Pops, that was it. Well, there was a choice of Hello Kitty, Ampon Man. There were other ones as well. But I, I, I went to the face that looked the most reliable. And that is, of course, Kitty Wait, you Chan. don't rely on Anpan Man, the true hero of Japan? I rely on him for bread-related things, but these are made of rice. So I'm... Oh, I'm... fair. Not his lane. I get it. Exactly. So what these are, are they're essentially... They are sweet rice cakes. 
But instead of being the normal sweet rice cakes... The ones you feed to deer. These are like small rice cakes. They're made to be like a little, almost like drops. The Japanese name for them, Adade, God, that that's an annoying mouthful, uh, literally means <laughs> snow pellets. Hmm, very nice. So yeah, they're, uh, basically the main thing that's different about them is their shape. And so lots of people eat them to celebrate Hinamatsu. And they're all very pretty colours. You can only get the special ones around this time of year. Kitty-chan, let me in. Got it. Uh, fun fact, though, this is also called, in Hawaii, this is called khaki mochi. Or, or mochi crunch. <laughs> Which is just a great, oh, wow. That does smell slightly sweet. Of course, find the pictures of this on the Guardian John Instagram. All right, upload this stuff. Yeah, I will grab. I don't think the different colors give them different flavors. Oh, some of them are oh, some of them are made to look like hearts. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Itataki mas. These are legit, really good. Hey. Which is dangerous still, but like I will say they do kind of taste like breakfast cereal. Mhm. Mm but like no, that's exactly what they taste like. They taste a bit like, um, in the UK, they were called Golden Nuggets. They make you go yee-haw. Golden Nuggets. They're honey-crunching good. Indeed. Oh, no, the different colours are different flavours. Yeah, they are. Like, the green ones are more savoury. Yeah, so they're puffed rice snacks, but they're, they're actually really nice. So I don't know if you can ever, if you see any RRA around... Grab your pellets and make Kitty Chan happy. Because they're just so colourful. That's that break. I give that a Kitty Chan out of ten. Nice. I I I really can't I really can't fault that. Does exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> well it doesn't, because I can't really read the tin, but otherwise they're small, they're crunchy, they're nice, and they don't have that many calories in them. What more could I want? But now, Thomas. But now, John, it's the one, the big one, the one we've all been waiting for. The one we've all been waiting for. <laughs> it's the Japanese government f***s up again corner, as this corner, s <laughs> as this corner has so proudly become. <laughs> we, we didn't intend for this to happen. We managed to go almost a whole year without this becoming a regular segment, segment but then... Uh, they both shut up about the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So this actually became international news. So oh, no. <laughs> this is a man who I'm sorry to tell you is called Yoshiro Mori. If you don't know who this man is, good on you. Um, Mori Yoshiro. But he is the Tokyo Olympic chief. He is the head of the Tokyo Olympics. He is in charge. He is 83 years old and he is the ex-prime minister of Japan. I would say he got in some hot water, but the only way I could describe the heat of this water is by sending it to the centre of the sun. Which is where some people would very much like to put Mori himself at the moment. Oh God, I don't want to say this. <laughs> I don't want to say it's just it was just so dumb because also okay, first of all, I don't like to rag on people's looks. He's 83. this man looks like he's melting. <laughs> it's very hard for a human being to look good at 83, uh, especially if you're a man who does not care. Yes, and he obviously does not care. So they were talking about increasing the number of women in the Japan Sports Agency which is part of the Japanese government's Ministry of Education, Culture, Sports, Science, Technology, etc. Now, the current board is 25 members, and women make up five members of that board, so only 20%, which, to be honest, I'm surprised that they are there, because Japan. Though Mori was not great about this, because he then said, we don't know whether jokingly, if we increased the number of female directors... We will have to place limits on speaking time, or else the discussion will never end. He then followed up this by saying, Meetings began to take twice as long as they used to. 
Women, they have a very competitive nature. If one of them makes a statement, then all of the others think they have to say something too. Everyone ends up saying something. The thing is, I think he's got a point, Thomas. How dare people other than Maury talk? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the point of the whole situation, is that everyone gets to say their piece if they have something to say. You can't really complain if everyone is contributing. <laughs> that's actually a good thing. <laughs> In most cases, I understand that some people have nothing to say and yet talk regardless, as Maury has proven in this case. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it seems like an odd complaint to uh, have completely destroyed your entire political career over. Well, the thing is, this hasn't really destroyed his political career. This is the thing. Everyone hates him. But also, basically everyone has just been reminded that they hate him. Because he is not a nice man, but he is an incredibly powerful one. Basically, yeah. because when you're 83 years old in Japanese politics, you have scratched a lot of backs. And so no one wants to do anything because if Mori's going down, he's taken everyone with him. And this has yeah. led to... So many, many articles. So first of all, um, he, Maury said himself that he had decided to quit, but he was persuaded to stay on. Yeah, shut up. Shut, <laughs> shut up. Just shut up, Maury. God. Ugh. From the beginning, yeah. I had no lingering attachment to the post of being president of the organising committee, and I decided to resign, but I held back after being strongly persuaded by others. Ugh. I didn't even want to do this. I do this yeah. out of the goodness of my own heart. I don't listen to women out of the goodness of my own heart, Thomas. <laughs> I mean, uh, apparently women aren't invested in Murray staying in power like the rest of his colleagues, uh, which is not surprising, considering he's probably one of the many contributing factors to their limited power in government. Because uh, this is not the first time Murray has made a complete ass of himself by saying something sexist, but it's probably not going to be the last either because he's untouchable because the whole ecosystem around him is invested in keeping men like him exactly where they are and it doesn't help that the olympics weren't exactly going great to begin with with the government keep on saying it is definitely happening it's definitely happening people saying oh if maury yeah. if maury leaves then the olympics won't happen and people are like well <laughs> i see this as a win-win <laughs> Yeah, apparently Maury was quite influential in helping out with some of the earlier headaches around the Olympics, like moving the marathon from Tokyo to uh, further north so because it's too hot in Tokyo. So yeah. he, he's already got himself well positioned to be the man who fixes the disaster that is the current Olympics. Which, let me remind you, the majority of the Japanese people do not want to keep going. This is not a problem that... The, the actual country needs Mori to solve. It's a country, It's a problem that the government wants Mori to solve, or more specifically, the stakeholders in the Olympics. Yes, because currently nearly 60% of the population of Japan believe that Yoshiro Mori uh, is not qualified to serve. Um, this compared to 6.8% who said he is qualified and 33% which said they don't know. I don't think we have the specifics of those people's opinions, no. Yeah. But still, 60% is a, actually a pretty high majority for Japan. I'm honestly surprised it's that high. In the same survey, 47% thought that the Olympics should be postponed again, and 35% believed it should be cancelled, with only just under 15% saying the event should go ahead as planned. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just been a, a perfect week for the international community to realise just how disastrous Japan is handling the whole situation. Because not only are they 
obviously incompetently handling the coronavirus situation and the Olympics, but it's also clear that the people who are running the show aren't really doing their best to help. They're not really the people who reflect the Olympic spirit so much. Although I think the International Olympic Committee have already said that this whole situation is a a closed issue now that Mori has apologised for his comments. More about the Japanese people who don't want to be involved with this rubbish, including loads of Tokyo Games volunteers who are pulling out, basically going, I, I, who then also watched his other conference, which we'll get to, which is just like, I felt he was shifting the blame. This, this is kind of awful mm. and it makes Japan look bad. One of the main people who criticized Mori and uh, left his role uh, was a quite famous comedian called Atsushi Tamura, who was set to, when the uh, torch relay started, to be one of the um, the runners. However, he also disagreed with multiple others of Mori's statements, including if we get celebrities to run, we just make them run through countryside so other people can't see them and they don't cause crowds. Genius. Yeah. Absolutely genius. I'm glad this is the man running this show. Yeah, rather than, you know, not do that. It's it's in his apology, in Godzilla-sized inverted commas, um, he stated that uh, I may have become large garbage. If that's the case, people can just sweep me away. Yeah, he's just trash. Apparently his comments weren't even that bad because he doesn't really know what he's talking about, John. He doesn't actually talk to women all that much. It's just what he's heard from other people. Yeah. So it's not even really his comment, really. It's just something he's heard. Apparently his wife is watching my behaviour calmly, but his granddaughter is enraged. He said she couldn't sleep and even took leave from office. She called me just now and said, quit right now. You don't have to shorten your life to keep working anymore. If you aren't going to resign, I'll quit my job. He told her he was sorry, but that she shouldn't talk nonsense, damn women. I added the damn women part, but... (laughs) (laughs) Could you tell? Let's be honest in our reporting here. (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh... So on on the remarks that he said that people could sweep him away... Uh, there was a small rally held outside the Tokyo Olympic Committee offices, and it was nice. It was just it was a few people um, all socially distancing uh, with signs saying we won't be silent and standing silently with signs and brooms because obviously sweep sweep away. Now, I think the most interesting part here is the main person who organised this was a 45-year-old woman from Chiba, which is part of, which is east part of Tokyo, who is like her first time participating in protest rally and stuff. This is the thing. His, His comments are what a lot of people fear that people see Japan as. Like, and so a lot of Japanese people really hate this side of Japanese culture. And it's a really difficult thing to change. And so it is kind of making a lot of people just get off the stool and go, wait a second, this is kind of wrong. Whilst the government goes, yeah, no, no, he's apologised. This is fine. Keep on going. Do not look behind the curtain. Do not look at the man behind the curtain. Uh Uh-oh, the mask slipped. Better put that back on real quick. Nothing's wrong, folks. Go back to normal. I mean, a reminder that normal for Japan is being 121st out of 153 in least gender equal countries, according to the World Economic Forum. So, um, Uh. yeah, there's a lot of issues to sort out. And Mori, as much as people might not want him to represent Japan, does very much so and quite accurately. Especially Japanese corporate culture. Let's say that. There's one thing he represents perfectly, it's that. He's been doing stuff in sport and politics for literal donkey's years. Um, I think Mm. he was the donkey the years were named after. (laughs) (laughs) He was once a rugby player. Um, but I don't know why I need to know that information, but sure. Well, (laughs) well, it's because he, he was also, he also helped organize the rugby world cup in Japan and also he helped organize it. 
as well as the fact there is a female rugby union board member in Japan that says Maury's comments are actually directed at her. We <laughs> have found the woman. She is one of those five female this is a personal board attack. She is one of the five female board members, uh, Yuko Inazawa. Yeah, so apparently when she joined, she didn't have a detailed knowledge of the sport. And so she's being a little self-effacing, going like, oh, I was asking questions from my standpoint as an amateur. These people are obvious, like the board, it's obviously not a pleasant uh, corporate culture of just like, oh, ask us anything. But she said, but that is absolutely not the same thing as saying women make conferences drag on. She also said, she also touched on the laughter that was heard from the meeting participants after Maury made his comments. In the past, I would have also been laughing along. Even in my heart, I felt it was wrong. If I spoke up, someone would say, that woman again. I would probably have tried to avoid that. And this is the thing. Maury controls the world of sport in Japan. He has been involved in this for, for stupidly long. So... It's very hard to say or do anything against him. The fact that even this stuff is happening now is a testament to how badly he messed up. But in that news, Thomas, can we do the fun section? Can we do the fun section? We've always got time for a fun section, John. We did mention that, yes, he was Prime Minister of Japan. He was Prime Minister of Japan for a little over a year because he was that successful. That's pretty good. He fixed all of Japan's problems and then retired. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I, it must be the, the other prime ministers that caused all the problems Japan is currently experiencing. When was he prime minister again, John? He was prime minister from the 5th of April in the year 2000 to the 26th of April 2001. So, oh, okay. So the, he, it was a little while ago. Plenty of time for other, other prime ministers to ruin the country in his absence. But just so you know, Thomas... Uh, a quarter of the word count of his entire Wikipedia page is titled by the section "gaffs." I feel like that is not unusual for world leaders at the moment, or even back in 2000, now that I think about it. Yeah. I will say this is his but English language Wikipedia page. The gaffs might be longer in Japanese. The gaffs will probably be longer in Japanese. <laughs> So shall we go through? These are only those that he made from the year 2000 to the year 2001. That's it. All right, John. <laughs> give me the highlight reel. So um, one of the main quotes just about him by the Japanese media, which I think sums him up quite well, as having the heart of a flea and the brain of a shark. Damn. That is the worst superhero ever. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds devastating. <laughs> yeah. So, first of all, in January 2000, uh, he made a joke about his campaign in the 1969 election, quoting him, When I was greeting farmers from my car, they all went into their homes. I felt like I had AIDS. So you said this was going to be a fun section, John. Um... <laughs> That's not a good start. That's that's pretty terrible, especially back then. Um, wow. Okay. That's number one. You ready for number two? Um, I'm not sure after that first one, actually. That threw me for a loop. Uh, I was expecting something different, but uh, let's see if we can recover this. Let's keep going. Let's keep it moving. In February 2000, when asked about the year 2000 problem in the United States, like Y2K, that kind of stuff, ah. uh, he quipped that when there is a blackout, the murderers always come out. It's that type of society. Apparently... Is he talking about America or Japan? Uh, America, apparently referencing the New York City blackout of 1977. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure that really, really helped his international policies. <laughs> By the way, he's not prime minister yet. <laughs> he's not prime minister yet. Yeah. So basically the prime minister had a stroke and then died. And because he was secretary general of the party, he was then elected prime minister. And so he, it, he was not in no way democratically elected. 
Mm. And it was also just like, oh, dear. So at the previous prime minister's funeral, uh, Maury failed to clap and bow properly before the shrine, which so says the Wikipedia page, an important portion of a traditional Japanese funeral rite. The other world leaders president at the funeral, including then US President Bill Clinton, performed the ritual correctly. That is embarrassing. Like, if there's one thing you want to get right, it's, you know, paying tribute to your predecessor who died of a stroke. And not being bothered to do that when everyone else can is just... Oh, it's absolutely appalling. You got showed up at Japanese funeral rites by Bill Clinton. (laughs) The Prime Minister of Japan, ladies and gentlemen. You could tell he was well prepared for his job. He was definitely the most qualified person for that position. Oh, then we have some nationalist rubbish. Uh, At a meeting in May 2000, uh, he described Japan as a divine nation, uh, which is... You couldn't even pray right! Yeah, well, uh, sorry, divine... Well, the thing is, with the divine nation, it's basically... It's an interpretation of the empire from before the Second World War, when... After the Second World War, the Emperor was specifically, uh, like, de-deified. The Emperor is no longer seen as a god. Basically, it'd be oh, like the god. German Prime Minister calling Germany the fatherland. Oh, no. No, 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 Maury. No. <laughs> There's a reason why you can't do that, Maury. <laughs> Days after this statement, Mori questioned whether the Japan Communist Party could ensure Japan's security and defend the Kokutai. Uh, so, regardless, the Japan's Communist Party is not it's not a communist party as terrifying as the word seems to most Americans. But the Kokutai is another term for Japan's unity with its divine emperor, which has not been in common use since World War II. Probably shouldn't be using that word. Probably, probably should just put that in the history books. Oh, by the way, he did end up winning an election that year, though he did lose seats. Which God, how bad was the other candidate? I mean, to be fair, it's a one-party state. Yeah, the other the other candidate actually did quite well. They gained thirty-two yeah. seats. That was probably their best year for quite some time. <laughs> to be honest, probably was. But during the two thousand election. When asked about recent newspaper reports that showed that roughly half of the voters still had not decided for whom to vote, he replied that they could stay in bed for the day. In October, you know what I love about democracy, Thomas? People not voting. Uh, in October 2000, bringing in the UK angle, during a dialogue with British Prime Minister Tony Blair... Maury stated the Japanese government had suggested in 1997 that Japanese nationals believed to be abducted by North Korea be arranged to be found elsewhere in order to ensure a smooth normalization of the relation between North Korea and Japan, which upset the foreign ministry and led for calls for Maury's resignation from conservative voices. So for those who don't know, there are quite a lot of people in in Japan who were kidnapped during the Cold War by North Korea, basically to train spies and do stuff. And a lot of these people were kidnapped at children. He was basically saying, oh, you know what we should do? We should just say, yes, this person is definitely your daughter. Everything is fine. And he also said this to Tony Blair, for which I'm trying to look up the context. It does not seem like this was part of, like, the main conversation. (laughs) Maury just thought he had to slip it in there. It just felt really important for him to tell the British Prime Minister. You know about those uh, those uh, civilians that we've had kidnapped by the North Koreans? Wouldn't it be great if they just showed up in, I don't know, Hong Kong or something at some point? I, I don't know how that would happen. I, that, that just, it's just, I'm just thinking out loud here, Tony. Can I call you Tony? <laughs> Tony, fantastic. Uh, did I ever tell you about the Empire? <laughs> Tony, Tony Blair is just off in the corner, like, diddling, I love George Bush. Doodling. No, wait. No, wait. Is George, George Bush isn't president yet. <laughs> doodling, I really love Bill Clinton. He is so good at doing Japanese funeral rites. Uh, <laughs> quick, John has done more research update. 
it seems the main issue here is not that he was implying they should just replace the kidnapped people with random people, but rather that the people should be found somewhere like Beijing or Thailand, essentially resolving North Korea of any blame and allowing Japan to pursue diplomatic relations with them, which the UK had just started to do at the time. He had proposed this once and then twice, but also another main issue was the fact he told Tony Blair basically made it impossible regardless. So, yeah. But then in December 2000, pictures pictures appeared of Mori in a bar in Osaka drinking with a high-ranking Yakuza. Which, to be honest, I'd be more surprised if he wasn't at this point. I mean, that does does make sense. That... That explains a lot. That, expl- that mm, yeah, that, that does put a damper on his legitimacy, but apparently he's with the Yakuza, so you can't really touch him at that point. This is probably the saddest one and the biggest one. Uh, in February 2001, the US submarine, the USS Greenville, accidentally hit and sank a Japanese fishing boat um, called the Ehime Maru, uh, which resulted in nine dead students and teachers. Uh, when, to- when told about this, Mori continued a round of golf, uh, for which he was criticised as being politically tone deaf. What the hell is it with these people and golf? What is so good about golf? I don't. I. I. I just don't know. Uh, Listen, me and my dad tried to get me into golf when I was little. We went to the driving way range and we flung some balls out for some time, and it was an all right time. But I can't imagine it'd be more pressing than an international issue of several people being dead and it being someone else's fault. Like, I feel like that's not something I go, ah, oh, well, you see, I would get on that, but I'm in the bunker right now. I really need to get this ball just over into the green. That's what's my priority right now. God! I will say that this is not... The expectations of him were so low that this is in no way cited and this is a joke, but this joke was reported by mainstream media outlets such as ABC in Australia. Um, So this is that at the 26th G8 summit in 2000, upon meeting President Bill Clinton, possibly again, Maury was to say, how are you? Instead, he allegedly slipped up and said, who are you? Clinton answered, well, I'm Hillary Clinton's husband, to which Maury replied, me too. And obviously the internet have said, like, fact check has gone, this is obviously a joke. But people, the expectations of him were so low at this point, people were like, yeah, why not? Why not? And, and also... Great. So the Japanese also had their own, it's just a prank bro leader at one point. Fantastic. I yep. love it. Before well, it was cool. Uh, by the end, by the, by the end, near the end of his, well, what would be the end of his term, his approval rating had dropped to single digits. Single digits. And yet this man has had a blessed career in government ever since somehow yeah and he ended up resigning and then they had another prime minister who was prime minister for a whole oh he's actually prime minister for five years i'm shocked (laughs) he's prime minister for five years he is the sixth longest serving prime minister in japanese history so that's mori (laughs) he's an ass he's a complete and total ass who has only technically been elected by the by, the democratically once, really, and the rest of the time he's just been rubbing shoulders with other politicians and apparently the yakuza, uh, and it's just been working out for him. He's he's doing great, uh, and no one likes him, but everyone wants him to stay where he is uh, because he's just too important. That's the important everyone who wants him to stay where it is, uh, including close personal friend Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Why didn't we lead with that? Why did that, that's all we ever needed to know, John? <laughs> you could have just said that and we could have saved ourselves 20 minutes. Well, yeah, 
he also did also there are some disputed islands between Russia and Japan and Mori was just like at one point hey uh, maybe we should just give them a couple that's called appeasement you know that doesn't work <laughs> there's historical evidence that doesn't work you utter clown <laughs> Thank you for listening. We have been Geeks and Gaijins. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at GG Gaijins. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Geeks and Gaijins. Uh, if you want to email us just screaming into the void like us, uh, you can email us at, at geek, uh, you can email us geeksandgaijins at gmail.com. Uh, you can also message us on Twitter. I'm on the Instagram at the Gaijin John. I'm also John Comby and stuff on Twitter. We also stream on Twitch. We stream Japanese <laughs> stupid video games. But it seems nothing is as stupid as real life. Thomas. Thank you for listening. The Hello Kitty rice crackers were good. Yep. Those are great. Fucking love that bit. See you next week, everyone. John Update, who'd finished editing all this episode this morning, uh, it is now about 8pm Japan time, about a couple of hours before the episode usually goes live, and we just found out that Maury will resign. Yay! They're going to properly announce it at an emergency meeting on February 12th, so... That's happening. Woo. We can be less depressed after this episode now. Let's see what really old man they get next. Rumor is it's another ex-prime minister of Japan who's 80 years old and not, not great. Guess who it is? There's not many left.